Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. doing some uh, some reading uh, and some gathering material and uh, in doing so I was reminded of uh, Walt Whitman quote that I googled it's amazing isn't it how you just this there was something in there that I remember type in a few words phew, magic <clears throat> and uh, I remember just enough of it to get the whole scoop from uh, Song of the Open Road. Just this line. I am larger, better than I thought. I did not know I held so much goodness. Good line. I am larger, better than I thought. I did not know I held so much goodness. Hmm. Is that the way you think of yourself? Maybe sometimes you do. When you do, when you get a glimpse of that, it's, uh, it's quite astounding mind-blowing, heart-opening, inspiring. But um, often, what's that? Can I say the line again? Okay, you can practice saying it to yourself. I am larger, better than I thought. I did not know I held so much goodness. Now, Just imagine if that's the way you usually held yourself. Of course, once you kind of know, then you you kind of uh, have to delete the words, I did not know I held so much goodness. Then, Then it becomes, I am larger, better than I used to think I was. I know I hold so much goodness. What if that was the way you went through life with that belief that you're larger or better than you used to think you were or than you uh, tend to think you are and see the, the vastness, the limitlessness of the goodness inside, the good inside. Just, just imagine, okay, for a moment. Let's just try this on, okay? So I'd like you to close your eyes. And we're just playing around, just a little thought experiment. What? if it were absolutely true that 
you are much larger, better than you often think of yourself. And you realized how much goodness you hold. Just imagine trying it on for size. I'll be quiet for a few moments. Imagine accessing all of that goodness and then letting everybody partake of it. Let everybody be touched by all the goodness you have inside, which just would awaken theirs. If you get a sense of it, just get a sense of how it feels inside, in your heart, in your body, in your mind, to just embody that reality for a few moments. And then, while you're in that space of stillness and inner reality, for a few moments, open to the fact or the possibility that it's absolutely true. That that's the real truth. Just even opening up to that possibility. Notice what that's like. Okay, you can open your eyes. Just before we go on, I'm curious, any, anyone, we could take a few comments, what that would be like, or what that was like to reflect on anything that you observed, you notice. All the way in the back for yeah, Corey. So what I noticed was just um, it was like experiencing myself from the other way around. You know, I usually look at myself from the view of what's missing and what's wrong and mm-hmm. how terrible I, and just and that's there. You know, mm-hmm. but just looking at myself from the other way around, from mm-hmm. the half full mm-hmm. perspective rather than the half empty, mm-hmm. and I felt relaxation. And you felt relaxation. Relaxation. Yeah. So just a few moments where you entertain the half full. Hopefully, you know, you might think of it as your cup runneth over, but just even a, a, a little bit. Oh, seeing the fullness, there's a relaxation. Yeah, okay. Like, oh wow, that's ah. really nice. Yeah. Yeah, huh. goodness. Just one little tweak of 
mindset. Ah, yeah, okay, good. Anyone else? Don't worry about tooting your own horn because this is uh, part of the the process. But um, what? Anything else? What What was it like in there? Yes, over here. Just take one more. Here, and uh, she's uh, Allison will come around with the. Oh, here's two. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. We can go and uh, put it right next to your lips okay. on an angle. So that's it. it. Okay. So as I was experiencing um, um, being larger than myself, it kind of felt like uh, I was expanding. You know, I was just sort of and getting. Um, lighter and lighter and then I thought you know there is this incredible the the sense of self is incredibly dense that there is this you know and I just hadn't thought about this way before that there's such density to it and that it is that letting go of the sense of self that enables that lightness and that expansion Mm. that it's yeah beautiful So in a way, it's not that you're more wrapped up in yourself, it's that there's an expansion and letting go of that small sense of self into something much vaster, bigger than who you thought you were. Yeah, as uh, uh, Trungpa Rinpoche, I've shared it here sometimes, uh, I love his line, he says, timidity is just another ego trip. You know, that sense of smallness, you know, oh, yes, I'm somebody who's very small, you know, don't look at me, you know, me, me, me. Are you looking at me? Please don't look at me. You know? And then letting go of that, there's not that me, that self-preoccupation. Okay, wonderful observation. Right. It was... One more over here. Yeah. Allison and bring it to you. Here. Up. Oh, there's somebody else back there. Here, come on up over here. Yeah. This fella. And right next to your lips. Yeah. Uh, is it on? I'm not sure it's on. Yeah. Practicing awareness, watching awareness. Mm. And uh, I thought of myself often as beam me up, Scotty, that disintegration particulate matter. Hmm. So when you said that, um, I've been practicing being particulate, being space. And so I stretched out in a timid way, not very far. And then I thought, wow, we are infinite in our, in our wisdom, in our truth. And so a guy in the front of the Veggie, veggie Fest here a couple of weeks ago at San Francisco. Uh, what was that last part? A gentleman came... I met. I was walking with him, and we were talking. He was from Texas, and he came to the Veggie Fest in San Francisco. Uh-huh. <clears throat> he said, "Oh, I'm a retired engineer. I'm going to write a book on spirituality." And he said, "I wonder how you how you measure spiritual progress." And I didn't have an answer for him, but I thought about it since. And it's a, a yogi master um, legacy coordinator person told me that. The practice in the yogi sessions was to to concentrate until tears come and endlessly, 
And so another measure of the effect, thank you very much, was tears came to my eyes. Mm-hmm. Tears came. And what was, what was behind the tears? It's Where? joy. It's, it's, it's the recognition of the oneness that we are. Mm-hmm. So you had an, a, a direct experience of, of that, and there it was, joy and tears. Yes. So just, just one thought that accessed that understanding. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Right. Just remembering, reminding you what you already know. It happens quite often when I talk about spiritual things to people that will go, will go into tears. Mm. And so uh, it, it's a measure of progress, I think, uh, mm. perhaps. Dang. And I hope I'm not tooting my horn. <laughs> yeah. And I would just uh, tweak that a bit as far as progress or not, because it's just a, the way I see it, it's a, a binary function of either remembering or forgetting and when we remember it's like you just are aligned with the truth and you can forget in another moment and maybe if you think of progress although i don't like to use that word is just remembering more and more what you absolutely perhaps have got a glimpse of and known to be true but uh, there is something about that welling up of pure joy and, uh, and tenderness and open-heartedness that comes with that. Thank you. The connection to infinity, the vastness of it all. Yes, thank you. Was there one more before we... Uh, no? No. Okay, so that, that's enough. Thanks, Allison. Thanks. I'm curious, how many, uh, if you were able to just even imagine what it would be like to have that glimpse. If you didn't, it's okay. Don't, don't give yourself a hard time. But if you could get a glimpse, access a little taste of it, I'm curious. Raise your hand. <coughs> how wonderful. Okay. Um, and if you didn't, it's, it's okay. But if you did, then... Um, what a blessing. You, you know, or your body then knows the understanding or knows that perspective. It might be something that you forget. Maybe you forget a lot. But if your body or your mind can open up to that perspective, that's huge. That's major. Then it's just a matter of remembering more and more. Like I was just saying uh, a moment ago, it's actually true in the way I see it. And I'm, I don't, I'm not alone in this, as I'll, I'll share a few other uh, mind um, wisdom from, from other teachers. But um, this is the practice to again and again uh, remember this, who we really are. That's basically what I come here and, uh, and talk about week after week, one way or another. I'm, I'm reminding all of us, including myself, oh, this is the truth. And then you go into your life and uh, get lost and get petty or frightened or lonely or... 
whatever, jealous or all the things, but it's just that you've forgotten for a little while, or maybe a long while, what's absolutely true. There's a, a poem perhaps some of you are familiar with about this remembering, reminding who you really are. This is um, from St. Francis in the Sao by uh, Galway Cannell. He says, The bud stands for all things, even for those things that don't flower. For everything flowers from within of self-blessing, though sometimes it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness, to put a hand on the brow of the flower and retell it in words and in touch it is lovely until it flowers again from within of self-blessing. That's what we're doing, just reteaching ourselves our loveliness until we more and more get it, remember it, and hopefully as one practices more and more um, with dedication and um, um, inspiration, uh, this is a place that we come to rest in as our default setting. That's the that's the process. Have I? I've mentioned the um, the analogy of the uh, the ball on the hill here. I, I love that analogy of the beginning of practice. You put a, uh, it's like putting a ball on the the center of of a hill, and it's really easy for it to get blown off. And then as you deepen your practice, as you as you develop your practice, it's like um, the hill becomes flat land, and you put it on the center. And it's pretty much there, but it takes, and it takes a little gust of wind to blow off, but it does blow off. As you continue to deepen your practice, it's like the hill becomes a valley, and the ball is there in the center and gets blown perhaps from time to time, but this is where it comes back to. So this is kind of what we're doing is remembering and deepening our uh, connection to that place of stillness, ease, goodness, freedom that is who we really are. When we, uh, at the end of the, of the sitting, we sing the, uh, we chant the, uh, the refuges as most of you know. And the first refuge is taking refuge in the Buddha. And on the one hand, it is really honoring and being inspired by the Buddha who lived 25, 2600 years ago. But on a more fundamental level, when we take refuge in the Buddha, we are taking refuge in our own not only capacity to awaken, our own seed of 
freedom that's right inside of us. That's why the Buddha taught. You know, he at first he didn't want to teach. He said, "Oh gosh, what if it would be a kind of uh, vexation to me?" That's the words. If I if I spent my time teaching and 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 people didn't get it, but then he was moved to teach when he saw that everybody has this potential, and there are many with just a little dust covering their eyes because they could see, they could discover what he did, that we are um, perfect. We are completely free. We are goodness inside. And we just are um, confused. And it's obscuring the truth, that confusion. This is the Buddha quote that I've shared many times. Luminous is this mind. This is from the Buddha. Luminous is this mind, brightly shining, but it is colored by the attachments that visit it. This unlearned people do not really understand, and so do not cultivate the mind. Luminous is this mind, brightly brightly shining, and it is free of attachments that visit it. This, the noble follower of the way, really understands And so for them, there is cultivation of the mind, deepening that practice. But whether or not you realize it, this is who you really are, that luminous mind shining through you. From uh, Nyoshal Kempo, great Tibetan master, Buddha nature the essence of awakened enlightenment itself is present in everyone. Its essence is forever pure and flawless. Those who recognize their true nature are enlightened. Those who ignore it or overlook it are deluded. There's no way to enlightenment other than by recognizing Buddha nature and authentically identifying it within one's own stream of being. This is the point, to authentically identify it within one's own stream of being. Another one uh, by Huang Po says, Your true nature is something never lost to you, even in moments of delusion, nor is it gained at the moment of enlightenment. It is the nature of the suchness. And this pure mind shines forever on and on all with the brilliance of its own perfection. But most people of the world do not awake to it, regarding only that which sees, hears, feels, and knows as mind, and blinded by their own sight, hearing, feeling, and knowing, they do not perceive the spiritual brilliance within. In the Hindu tradition, there is the, uh, the concept of Sat-Chit-Ananda. Maybe you're, you've heard of uh, the great uh, yogi Swami Satchitananda. Sat-Chit-Ananda. Sat is truth 
or being. Chit is consciousness and ananda is bliss. And this is the, um, what is uh, spoken of as really the essence, the underlying essence of, of all things. That there is this being, this life, manifesting as you. And there is a consciousness that can know it, that can actually be aware of existence. And just as you were saying a moment ago, when there is awareness of this pure being, then ananda is the natural byproduct. Ananda is bliss, is joy. They're just different facets of the same thing, sat, chit, ananda, that when you really are in touch with the life force within you and cut through everything that gets in the way, what you have is this aliveness that can express itself as joy, as tenderness, as um, um, goodness. And not only that, but um, there are beautiful qualities that are naturally manifest when you aren't confused and aren't in the way. And we all, we all have experienced this. You know, the, uh, the four Brahma-viharas, the, the divine abodes of loving kindness and compassion and joy and um, equanimity, those are those heart qualities are the natural manifestation of a mind that is not confused. It's not like you say, "Gosh, you know, I wish I could find some loving kindness somewhere." You know, I wish I could really get that compassion stuff. You know, it's like it's already inside of you. It's just obscured. So that's why. You practice, or one reason you can think of as practice is just to see through the obscurations and this is what shines through you. And in fact, in a, in a neuroscience lab, this is what is uh, seen as well, as I, I've shared here from time to time, that if you put somebody in a, an fMRI machine and they are free of stress, that's a big one right away, I don't understand, free of stress, free of physical pain, free of any kind of tension in the body or mind or heart, what the brain exhibits is consciousness, calm, creativity, caring, and contentment. That's what lights up when you're not stressed. That's pretty good news, right? And it also is very strong incentive to um, work on your stress levels. 
okay, so what gets in the way? I think you got the idea. Okay, is he going to read me one more thing that says, you know, this is who I am, this is who I am. Very good. It sounds very good. How do I get there? What? Why, if that's who I am, why is it so uh, remote at times or seemingly out of reach to feel larger, bigger than I thought with all this goodness inside? What gets in the way? You know what gets in the way. The other amazing thing that we are gifted with, the wonderful, mysterious capacity to think. Which is a, I mean, that's one of the most amazing, mysterious gifts that we have. I don't want to give up my capacity to think. I mean, this monastery was somebody's thought. Coming to meditate with others is a very good thought. Um, Learning to be as kind and as um, expressive of our gifts is a very good thought. Appreciating who you are and what you have, very, very good thoughts. So thought is not the enemy. Sometimes people, especially if you get into meditation, think, you know, thought, if I could only do away with this thinking mind, then I'd be okay. Uh, uh, uh. First of all, you can't anyway. So you might as well let go of that. You know, because the mind thinks, just like you open up your eyes and you, you can't really say, gee, I wish I'd stop seeing, right? You open your eyes, and eyes see. Your ears hear. Can you say, stop hearing to your ears right now? Try not to hear. Okay. Don't hear. (laughs) I'm really talking now, but don't hear. (laughs) Doesn't work. I was just kidding. (laughs) Your ears hear. That's just their function. And your mind thinks. That's what it does. It's not a bad thing. It's fantastic. The only problem comes when we take our thoughts to be real, as we've said once or twice here. We take our thoughts to be real, and many of our thoughts are thoughts that emerge out of confusion. Or in the Buddhist psychology, understanding of how the mind works, one mental factor that is the villain or the culprit called wrong view. That our mind somehow takes this body and this thinking machine to be separate 
from the rest of life. Not that it isn't. On some levels, it is. On some levels, if I pinch this skin, you don't feel it. And if yours is pinched, I don't feel it. So on some level, yeah, there is this body that's different from your from yours. But on another, another level, this body and mind is just a vehicle for something mysterious shining through us. Hmm. Makes me think of Ajahn Sumedho who says, uh, survival and procreation are just as strong in us as they are in cats, dogs, and wolves. But, is, but also there is the divine. For reflection on divinity, we have beautiful sw- selfless qualities that can manifest through this human form when there's no self. When you're not caught in ignorance and when there's no grasping, then all this process of self-view ceases and the divinity is obvious. Then kindness, compassion, joy, serenity are not something we have to get, but something that manifests through these forms. And he calls it the shining through of the divine. And I would say it's not just limited to humans, although we have this capacity to think in ways that um, probably many animals, uh, I wouldn't say all, but many don't seem to have an awareness of themselves as, as we do. You wouldn't be able to notice all the goodness inside if you didn't have this capacity to reflect back on yourself. But the problem comes when we believe these thoughts about being separate from life and believe this body and mind to be who we really are. Your body isn't really yours. On the one hand, yeah, it's yours. On the other, it is... uh, it's an ecosystem, as Lewis Thomas says, about how we are shared, rented, occupied at the interior of ourselves, driving them, providing the energy that sends us out for the improvement of each shining day, are mitochondria, and in a strict sense they're not ours. They turn out to be little separate creatures replicating in their own fashion privately with their own DNA and RNA quite different from ours. Without them, we'd not move a muscle, drum a finger, think a thought. Mitochondria are stable and responsible lodgers, and I choose to trust them. But what of the other little animals similarly established in my cells, sorting and balancing me, clustering me together, my centrioles, basal bodies, and probably a good many other more obscure tiny beings at work inside my cells, each with its own special genome, are as foreign and as essential as aphids in anthills. My cells are no longer the pure line entities I was raised with. They are ecosystems more complex than Jamaican Bay. That's who you really are. You're an ecosystem. 
You know? And without the bacteria in it, you'd be in trouble. Gone like this. Without all the other supposedly foreign bodies that make up you, you would not exist. So it's not just this body. And this mind, well, if you had, if your body, if your mind was really under your control, was really yours, you'd only have nice thoughts, but probably a few others slip through every now and then. So you don't own your mind. But there's something else that shines through you. As we've said from time to time, And this is what's here when you are not in the way, when you are simply quiet. It's not even that you have so much goodness. The goodness is just a byproduct of it. But there is this mysterious awareness that you can't turn off. Try turning it off. Try to not be aware in this moment. Stop being aware. Don't be aware of me sitting up here. Don't be aware of yourself sitting there and breathing. You can't do it. And when you cut through all the thought all the thinking, all the figuring out, all the self-imaging, then what you are is larger than who you thought and holding so much goodness. And it's just as good as my awareness, not any better, but just as good as anybody's. Because it's just awareness, as you were saying, just awareness knowing itself. How freeing. How freeing when you cut through the ideas of who you are to just relax the figuring out. Relax the image, relax the meanness of it. Okay, so one more time. Let's just um, go inside. Remove for a few moments your name. Just take away mentally the name of this form that's reflecting right now. Remove for a few moments gender. No female, male. Remove or a few moments thought or ownership of thoughts. You don't have to remove the thoughts. They just come and go. Just remove for a few moments 
the agency that you are making them happen. Including thoughts about who this form is. You might notice the thoughts swirling around. Just settle in to the center where it's simply awareness. Not my awareness. Simply awareness. Just relax into it. Just awareness, knowing this moment of life through this form. Go right back to the source. And don't even take ownership of the awareness. It's just shining through you. Now completely relax into it. Feel the relief. And as it shines through, just acknowledging the fact that it is, its nature is love, caring, peace, goodness. I am larger better than I thought. I did not know I held so much goodness. Just relaxing into who you really are. And when you open your eyes, see if you can still stay connected to that perspective. Okay, so we have a few minutes. If there's any any comments, anything that um, you want to bring up from this topic? Yeah. Jenny, behind you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, when I was uh, first learning metta um, a while ago, um, it reminds me a bit, um, like the first step when you send love to yourself, um, reminds me a bit of some of what we were doing today. And sometimes when I was stuck, um, I, don't, I can't remember if it was you, but one of my teachers would say um, to look at yourself as a best friend or a loved one might look at you or, you know, look look at yourself through their eyes. Mm-hmm. Um and that was really, really powerful for me. And so I just kind of wanted to share that if sometimes you feel stuck, like, um, and sometimes I still, you know, get in that space of stuckness of seeing the obstructions instead of really seeing myself and the goodness in myself. Mm-hmm. And so I'll think of someone who really, really loves me, and then I'll kind of look at myself through their eyes, and it always kind of breaks something um, and breaks through something and helps me see myself, mm-hmm. you know, much more generously. Mm-hmm. And then I also, in turn, something beautiful about that is then I then see my friend in that way too. And so mm-hmm. I'm not just like lo- seeing myself with love. I'm seeing my friend with love at the same time. And mm-hmm. it's this really beautiful thing. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's been really helpful for me. Beautiful. Yeah. When you're, and, and that's, that for me was a turning point in my own metta practice. Uh, when you're stuck and you, you're, it's hard to see the goodness in yourself, seeing yourself through a friend's eyes, because it shines through whether or not you realize it, why your friends like hanging out with you. Um, you might be thinking, I'm fooling them, but you're not fooling them. You're, it just comes through anyway. And the the beautiful thing is the more that you can see that, and see the fact that sometimes you get confused and you don't see it, and in the process do unskillful things or you know act out of fear. The more you see yourself for who you are, and then you see that everybody is you know has this basic urge for goodness, urge for to be safe and to feel at ease, you know, the more compassion you have, the more it's a basis for forgiveness and for compassion when you see through your own mm, stuckness, even for just a few moments, oh yeah, and because I get stuck and forget, I do some things that I regret. If you were going around seeing your, feeling your goodness all, all the time, you know, you'd be an embodied, continuous bodhisattva. You'd just be blessing everybody. So it doesn't always work that way, but this is really the basis, even for the stuck parts, to have compassion and forgiveness. It's really the heart of that. So, thank you. Any other last comment before we, we close? Going once... Okay, so let's close with a loving kindness. And uh, I would really encourage you this, this week to just play around, if you've touched that perspective for just a few moments. Uh, remember that Whitman quote, I'm larger, better than I thought. I did not know I held so much goodness. And then just connect with the awareness that shines through. And so do it right now. 
and send some kindness and love to yourself. May I see clearly and feel all the love that's inside and share it well. May I feel all the caring and the well-being and the peace that's right inside when my mind isn't confused and share that well too. May I see through confusion and fear and share my true nature and then extending that to everybody here and all beings in all directions as I want to see clearly and awaken, may all awaken to their true nature and share their love and their goodness and their peace. And may our coming here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all beings find happiness and peace. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. See you in a couple of weeks after I learn about dying. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.